Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. This is part two of my conversation with Eric Swigart for my series called People Are Interesting. In this part of our conversation, we talk about history and the powerful lessons that history teaches us. Specifically, I mentioned just history teaching us to not give up and how historical figures from the past have taken years and years and years perfecting something to eventually succeeding at it. So you have to be patient and history teaches us to be patient. Eric also shares his favorite historical story to share about Franz Ferdinand, the Archduke in Austria, basically the reason World War I started. So you'll actually learn on this podcast why, how World War I actually started. And it started with an assassination of one man. And you'll learn a little bit of the history behind that. We also talk later about the state of our schooling system, the different movements going on in the U.S. to sort of change the way history is taught and try to make people from the past look really bad. And I make the argument that you know we have 200 plus years of hindsight and information that people in the past did not have. And so we cannot judge them as if they lived in our time and they had access to our information. And so I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by trying to make these people from the past look so bad and paint them in this negative light when we have 200 years of freaking hindsight, people. Of course, we're going to do better. Anyway, so you hear a lot about me and Eric's back and forth on that. So uh, enjoy. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I I enjoy your pods. Like, I think you have a great podcasting voice, number one. You have a, you. You're, you're a good storyteller. I enjoy when you try to paint the picture as you're as you're you kind of you'll pause and you'll kind of paint the picture of like hey this is what is happening in this scene uh, and with these people and this is what they're probably going through yeah. so you do a great job of of painting a picture for everyone mentally so i enjoy that so keep doing what you're doing man i, I enjoy i i think so i was listening to one of your podcasts while I, was, while I was working out yeah and this thought occurred to me so i think you were talking about jack london i believe uh, and how he i think tried to do something some sort of business he was trying to do for like years and years and years and wasn't uh-huh. having any success. And then suddenly it hit for him. Uh-huh. I don't know if you can help me out with yeah, it, but, well, but it, it made prob- me think of, you know, and I even have encountered this in my life recently where, uh, yeah. so I, I do moving jobs and I met this author the other day. Yeah. I did a move, and so she gave me some of her books or whatever. <clears throat> and I was researching her and this kind of goes along with what I was saying about the Jack London was there's these people that will do something for years uh-huh. Like sometimes 20 years, they'll do this thing that they love and they won't make a penny for 20 years. For whatever reason, uh-huh. it just doesn't hit with people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah, like it hits. And then, you know, this author is now famous and has millions of books sold. I think Jack uh-huh. London in the story, I think he finally like hits on something. And yeah, well, no, that's, suddenly, that, right. That's it. That's what you're describing is, is just his writing career. What you're describing that's, okay. is. Yeah, just his writing career. Because I think his first, like, epic hit was either, I always get these two confused, but I think it was Call of the Wild. And Call of the Wild came out before White Fang. And those were his two, two kind of big hits that just took off and put him into the stratosphere of, uh, of American authors in the early 20th century. Um, but no, you can go to his, uh, you can go to his, the state park uh, at his property up there in Glen Allen, California, about half hour north of Sonoma 
and you can visit and like see the stack of rejection slips <laughs> that he got oh, from wow. publishers. Yeah. And there's like 400 or 500, if I'm remembering the number of rejection slips he received um, before that hit, um, before his, what, before I think it was Call of the Wild took off as a successful novel. Um, so, yeah. And I, I do want to point out that I don't have any numbers to back this up whatsoever, but you know, those are, I think for every one story like that or JK Rowling or like, uh, what was, what's the app? Elizabeth Gilbert, I think is her name. And like some of these other famous authors, you know, I do think that they are probably the exception and not the rule. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they are, uh, you know, everyone loves a Cinderella story and everyone loves that, like, you know, the, 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 the story of the, when, when it breaks for somebody. Um, but like, I feel like f even though it worked out right for Jack London, it could have so easily worked out wrong when you kind of like look at his life and some of the risks he was taking as a kid, um, in his younger years with crime, <laughs> with alcoholism, with a lot of issues that he struggled with and struggled with throughout his life. But you know, it's, um, I felt it's, like, I felt like the, the lesson learned is that like, if you love something, right. If you're passionate about something, whether it's writing or, mm -hmm. you know, podcasting, right. I mean, yeah. I could, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a podcaster for 10 years and then yeah. all of a sudden, boom, you know, my podcast takes off or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it gave me the, it gave me the encouragement of, you know, obviously nothing's guaranteed, Mm -hmm. And you're right. Those people might be more of the exception to the rule, but if I just continue to pursue what I'm love and I'm passionate about, yeah, I mean, don't give up. Right. Jack London waited how many years before it hit JK Rowling, how many books, how many rejections before it hit. So well, as I was I, in your pod, it gave me, it inspired me again through learning awesome. about history. Cause I think yeah. history is so good for kind of teaching <laughs> us, you know, how things have gone in the past and what to expect. And yeah. it helped me to go, Hey, continue to pursue what you're passionate about, what you love. It'll maybe it never hits, but maybe yeah. it does. And maybe it's That's, not now. Maybe it's not five years from now. Maybe it's not 10 years from now. Maybe it's not yeah. 15 years from now, but all of a sudden, boom, something could hit for well, your career, it, specifically your career, but that could mean a whole I like that, man. And that's so uh, that, I don't know, that's, that makes me feel, that makes me very glad because I, when I was <clears throat> kind of unearthing that, not unearthing, but when I was like researching this story, that was such a, powerful takeaway that I take away too personally and like that's what one of the things that I think is so awesome about history is that here's a guy who lived 40 years he uh you know he was born in the 19th century died in the early 20th century um 99 of people don't give a hoot about him today probably but what you just described is exhibit a about why I love history and it's because the lessons that it still imparts. So some guy that was alive 100 years ago is still teaching us lessons today, the lesson that you just articulated so well, which is that like, just about um, perseverance and about mm. sticking with it and about not giving up. And um, so A, I just wanted to flag that because I think that that's, um, that's for me something very fulfilling about that history has to offer everybody, no matter your background, mm. no matter your skin color, no matter your religious beliefs, no matter your what, um, history's big and it's, there's something in for any, everybody, I think. Um, but absolutely. Set, yeah. You know, that's why I love, I you know, I, I'm a, I argue a lot and I talk about on this podcast a lot specifically about things that I 
like and dislike that are taught in schools and what I think yeah. kids should be learning. Like, for example, I think kids should obviously take more nutrition classes. I think we should have more finance classes to teach kids how to invest in stocks and not just for sure. get into debt going to college necessarily. <laughs> but I yeah. think history is one of those that I'm, I'm happy that I was taught history as a youth. I'm happy that we continue to teach history uh, to our kids. So that way, again, we can not continue. I mean, we will to an extent repeat mistakes, yeah. but hopefully we can repeat them less yeah. <laughs> if we are more knowledgeable on, on yeah. what, on what has happened. And so, and that's something I can get behind. And I'm not saying that, that knowing the past is some panacea. Is that the word? I think that's the right word. It's not a cure all. You know, it's not, it's not going to solve everything everywhere, but I, I, I think that, yeah, it, it, but it can't hurt. I think it can only help. And that's enough for me. That's enough for me to like stay motivated and, uh, and keep continue working with the subject matter is like, yeah, is if you find something that you're able to work with and produce for other people, as well as for yourself, uh, you know, and it, and it, and it doesn't hurt people. Like this is something that I do believe can only help people um, in terms of either a straight entertainment, because I think a lot of these stories are just, they're just good stories. You know, there's a reason that, you know, however many movies hit movies nowadays are about historical topics are, you know, mm. Downton Abbey. That's a, that's a period piece. Um, Saving Private Ryan. That's a period piece. Like these movies that, that we still turn to today as a public and as consumers, there's a reason we still turn to these stories from the past. Um, and that's, and so A, there's entertainment value, but B, if there's educational value as well, and there's lessons that can make our lives better in some way, shape or form. Hell yeah. That's, that's rad. Mm. But uh, yeah, man. I'm glad we have folks like yourself who are putting out content like untold. So that way yeah. we can, you know, someone like me who's listening can be like, oh yeah, okay. I know not to give up, yeah, you know, man, from man. hearing Jack London's story, like, sweet, I'm not going to give up now. Cause I heard that. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing because I appreciate it. You know? I, I, yeah. I'm an evangelist, man. I am a hardcore history evangelist. <laughs> and if you could, if you couldn't tell already. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, I appreciate that though. And if you ever, if you ever get a chance, it's totally worth a visit. Uh, out to that Jack London State Park, man. It's rad. There are some ruins out there of, of a, a house that he had built that was later destroyed, which is a whole nother story. <laughs> but no, it's, it's awesome state park and well worth the visit. And it's in wine country. So I don't know if you're a wine drinker at all, but uh, not too much. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. Depends on the wine. Yeah. I'm curious though, what's your favorite, favorite era of history or maybe your favorite historical story? We'll go with that one maybe your what's your favorite story historical story that you uh, yeah, yeah. That you enjoy <clears throat> um i know that's probably tough to put you on the spot there to try to think no. of just one you know i i know well there's always going to be my short answer is always going to be different from my my long answer if i actually catalog all the crazy stories i've heard um i mean god this one's just top i mean that is a hard question <laughs> the one that i've heard told very well and because of that it sits very well in my head is the um and i and i tell everybody this i can't pretend that this is not a uh, this is not one that i turn to a lot is just the uh, the assassination that launched um that launched some of the major european powers into Ooh, like world war 1 one 
yes like that story can you uh, give us like a, a quick summary because i've heard the story <laughs> a few different times and i find it fascinating because i feel because obviously a whole world war was started because that one i forget what country he was from that, like they tried to kill him yeah they, they they successfully killed him right or was it just an attempt i can't remember it was both there was like and this is and this is um first of all before i before i go down this path tim i gotta say a disclaimer the disclaimer is um i oh god this is so dangerous because i could talk forever about this um i um i i do my best in, in the podcast and in everything else I do, I do my best to stick to verified fact. That said, if I encounter a possible part of the story that is also just a makes it a better story, I am biased to that. I am by I do have a bias towards um, towards telling a better story, and I I I, I do have a fidelity and a loyalty to like fact-based storytelling that's why i call it history if it's not fact-based storytelling it's something else that's not history anymore but um mm -hmm. that said i do have a bias to like you know i think that's a natural human tendency to where if you're if i'm telling a story what happened last night with the, with my buddies to somebody i'm yeah. gonna exaggerate some details because i want it yeah. to be a good story i want it to be you yeah. know i want to be looked at as like oh he has a fun life you know so that's a natural yeah. natural thing to sort of be biased towards what's going to be more okay. exciting just so. just as long as yeah. i have your permission <laughs> if i have <laughs> have your permission because it is an incredible story and like so there was an assassin from from the research that i've done there was an attempt and there was a and there was a failed attempt on the like the same day there was a failed attempt on his life and then there was a successful attempt later that day um, and it ha again, Cliff Notes version of this is it happened in a town called Sarajevo in Serbia, I believe, <clears throat> which is in shoot. Uh, that's in um, to give people an idea geographically of where that is. That's east of Croatia, north of Greece, south of Poland, maybe so Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe. Um, and uh, it happened in 1914 in this Eastern European town of Sarajevo and Sarajevo was part of Serbia and the assassin's name was Gavrilo Princip and he was an 18 year old 19 year old he was a kid you know at 18 or you know he was a kid and he got recruited by a group called the Black Hand and they were a freedom fighter terrorist group you know depending on who you asked um and how he, that works right yeah yeah which <laughs> is another launching point into a lot of conversations but anyways long story short um he was part of a group that was tasked with assassinating this member of the austrian royalty named franz ferdinand uh, archduke franz ferdinand who was i think heir to the throne or like second in command or both of um of the uh chief chief executive or the monarch of of the austro-hungarian empire at the time um so he was he was soon to be in power he was soon to be in power i don't think he was in power yet um and so if you knocked this guy off if you killed this guy successfully that was a big deal because he was a politician he was a member of uh he was a member of the royal family he was a vip he was all these things so he was also a target as as um as people in that in that position sometimes are um 
And so was he, young... was he killed just for his power or was there a certain policy that he was going to enact that people were against? I, uh, that's a great question. And I'm, I, you know, you, you can't boil something as complex as an assassination down to one thing. I think it's really hard to do. Mm. From what I remember, the, uh, the Black Hand, which was the group that carried out, that planned and carried out this assassination, they were looking for Serbian independence was their primary uh, goal or aim. Because <clears throat> I think Serbia was at the time, it was not an independent state. It was under the influence um, of Austria, Austria-Hungary at the time, which no longer exists. Mm. That, that state no longer exists. Now there is separate country of Austria, separate country of Hungary, but in 1914, it was called Austria-Hungary. And um, that was the goal, was to get uh, increase Serbia's independence in that part of the world. And they thought they could do that by uh, assassinating this figure, or they would, it would get them closer to that goal. Hmm. So that's kind of the background. And then from what I've heard is that um, there was, so Franz Ferdinand is alive and well, he's not dead yet. He's soon about to be though. And he is uh, in Sarajevo and he's, you know, he's got an entourage. He's got people around him. And um, Gavrilo Princip makes an attempt earlier in the day. It is a planned attempt. Uh, there are some bombs thrown, some like grenades, stuff like that are thrown at his car. Uh, they, they, one of them bounces off the hood, uh, detonates, injures some people, but the target gets away scot-free. The target is not killed. Uh, and then later in the day by a twist of fate, um, which lengthens the story. So I don't have to talk about, <laughs> but by a strange twist of fate, Gabriel Princip encounters the target, like later in the day, um, and runs up to this, you know, old fashioned car that he's driving around. It's 1914. So, you know, these, these are practically model T's. Um, and he, he pulls out a pistol and shoots, shoots um, Franz Ferdinand and kills him, kills his wife. And then uh, I think he's captured a few weeks or months later. He gets away that day, but he's captured a few weeks or months later. Uh, that's the Cliff Notes version, <laughs> at least. Because right after that, what ends up happening is, Austria-Hungary says, hey, we want, we want an investigation into this. Uh, Serbia, I think Serbia like conducts a, there's a question around how authentic the Serbian investigation was into the assassination. And then the two countries declare war on each other. So is Austria-Hungary versus Serbia. Serbia? At first, at first. And okay. then uh, the other uh, layer to this story is that both of those countries had alliances with a lot of other European countries. And so the second they declare war on each other, uh, the way the treaties were set up is these other countries had to involve themselves. Uh, they had to pick a side, essentially. Dang. Yeah. And you're kind of stuck too, because if one, what if one alliance is like, okay, yeah, we're all in. And the other one's like, ah, oh, we're only a few are in. Mm -hmm. Then they're threatened too, because oh, it's interesting, like, you wonder if it could have been avoided, I guess, right? You wonder, could, is there a way you yeah. could have gotten out of it? Could you, could you have done the old Viking way where you just took two different leaders and had them fight to the death? And, you know, oh, <laughs> I, I always love that in the Viking stories when they're like, their army's about to fight. And they're like, why don't we just take one person from each army yeah. and, and like fight to the death? And whoever wins <laughs> that, like wins. Yeah, what's that like, called? all right. And they, it's yeah. like, yeah, it makes more sense, right? We don't have to sacrifice all those lives. We'll just settle yeah. it. 
you know well of way. course <laughs> of course there's that there's that epic scene have you seen the movie troy any yes. chance yeah yes. right i mean come on there's Classic. that it's like the first 10 minutes that's how you get introduced to brad pitt's character as achilles is uh yeah it's what do they call that they call it like a is a trial by combat like if i champion follow, fight or champion trial or yeah, something yeah i think you see it a lot in game of thrones which i was never really got too into but i think you saw that kind of stuff a lot which is where it's like the one guy versus the other guy um but yeah, man, that would be great. That would have saved probably 20 to 40 million lives, <laughs> you know, if, if, if those, you know, if they could just settle it that way, you know, Europe would be totally different. 20th century history and current history would be totally different. But yeah. Crazy what starts these things too, you know, like maybe, maybe this other country, you know, he sleeps with the dude's wife, you know, from, is there a story that comes to mind as far as, a war being created by infidelity or a war being created by, you know, something like that. The, the husband cheats on the wife and she's from this country. And you know, a lot of marriages, a lot of marriages back in the day were for alliances. It was yeah. you married this person because it sort of yeah. tied you to this other country, or this other city or whatever that gave you well, more power or. Well, that is the Trojan two, right? war. What you're describing is, is the Trojan war. That's the story. Yeah, of it. Yeah. It's like, you know, Helen of Troy, um, she runs off with uh, the Trojan prince Paris, I think. If if my my freaking ancient history is uh, ancient history is not my strong suit, but I think that's the story mm. there. Um, but yeah, so that that was that whole thing it was like that's what started that war was Helen of Troy was supposed to be the most beautiful woman uh, in the known world at that time, and then you had some upstart little Trojan prince prince show up in Greece, steal the Greek. Uh, steal the greek man's wife i think and then head back to head back to troy and say hey thanks thanks for the souvenir and then the greeks aren't too happy about that and like so that so that's this that's the origin story so to speak of the trojan war is hell is helen helen of greece became helen of troy uh and that the greeks didn't like that too much because she was such a hottie i guess I guess she was a hottie. <laughs> her hotness killed you know x amount of people what do you oh, yeah. quick thoughts? I only got a few minutes left here before I gotta sure. end this one, but I do want to. We'll, we'll definitely do this again because I have more history yeah. stuff I want to talk with you about. But real quick, have you heard anything? I've heard some recent movements that I'm not a big fan of, where there are a group of people in our country who are looking to sort of change the way that American history is taught. <clears throat> that. And I can't give you too many specifics. I've just heard general ideas here and there that there's this sort of, they want to teach it in a way which kind of makes maybe some of our founding fathers kind of look, you know, oh, they were racist and they were uh, slave owners and they're these horrible people. And so we need to sort of teach history in this way that kind of makes them look bad, I guess, or makes, you know, Lincoln like devalues what Lincoln did. Have you heard anything about this? And what are your thoughts on that? being a historian yourself uh i have heard about it um it's that's a hmm. i mean i have heard about it and and i've heard a lot of things histories it's it's a touchy subject because uh history is the story of how we got to wherever we are today which means it's tied 
the issues we face today, which all you need to do is go to the homepage of Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, whatever. And there's a lot of issues that we've got as a country going on today. Uh, history is the story with how we got there. So, um, so people have a lot of vested interest in those topics. Um, and and I, I wish they felt that way in high school, but they don't <laughs> about history. That's a whole nother, whole nother topic. They re only realized later in life that they're like, oh yeah, history, shoot, that's important. Mm. Um, but uh, my take on it is like, as I already said, you know, on this episode is like, I take, I take not liberties, but like, if I'm telling a story, I am aware of like, if I, you know, if I'm telling a story about the past and I know that like leaving out certain details or including certain details will make the story more compelling. I usually make those decisions. Um, hmm. And if it results in a more compelling story, I take that, I, I take that into account. Let's say that. Um, but I think with like some of the issues we're looking at nowadays around how history is taught and how history is represented, my, my feeling is this, is like, if you're looking at the past, you have to be able to take the good with the bad. You can't uh, just filter out when you're looking at either a historical figure, um, you can't filter out either the good stuff that that historical figure did or the bad stuff that that historical figure did. Mm. Um, you got you to gotta take it all and you got to use all of it to form impressions about the past, good or bad. Um, mm. and, I, and I think a, a helpful way of framing this is like looking at our lives, like looking at the li life of Tim Gorsio. Giorso. Uh, uh, Giorso, thank you. See, okay, okay, <laughs> that's totally fine. Um, Giorso, Tim Giorso. Well, okay. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fine. Um, you know, looking at the, but looking at our lives and like thinking about who we are today and if <clears throat> what would happen, and I'm thinking specifically about the like statue, statue debate, you know, I don't know if you've heard about that, but like leaving up st uh, statues, uh, leaving up memorials, leaving up these artifacts from the past that might not look super great or they might indicate something negative about the past and my my feelings on that are just like i'm i'm who i am today because of good chapters in my life and bad chapters of my life and mm. would i want to <clears throat> would i want to uh, and i imagine you are the same tim and i would imagine that most people listening are the same you know we are who we are today because of good chapters and bad chapters um, and isn't it some sort of like rejection of who we are, either as individuals or as a country to say, oh, that didn't happen, or that person wasn't like this, or, or uh, they were like this, or like misinterpreting the past in any way, um, I think is, is, is a rejection of, of who we are as individuals or as, the, or as, a, as a country. And I, I, um, I don't know, that's, that's what I'm kind of taking away from this. Hmm. And, and with the statue thing, you know, that's a little bit more complex because, you know, you kind of have to look at what is a statue. <laughs> like, is it, is it celebrating what this person was? Usually hmm. I feel like they are. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, that's a much, much longer conversation. Anyways, that's my hmm. response in like a nutshell to that dilemma is like frame it in 
terms of like ourselves. And we're all, you know, most of your listeners, I would imagine are old enough to have experienced good things and bad things, you know, in, in life. And, uh, you know, do, would you want to, in presenting yourself now, would you want to completely uh, wipe away or, and maybe you would, maybe you would, but I don't know. I, 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 I that's the way I think about it. It's like, I trying to make it a little bit simpler mm. based in terms of a person's life rather than a whole country because a country's big. Mm. I think you said it well. I think that I agree. I think that each person, you know, we have our flaws, right? No one's perfect. And, you know, I believe that everyone has sort of a, a sinful nature in them to where, you know, just you do bad things. Sometimes it's just kind of part of humanity. What I'm afraid of for the future of our country mm-hmm. is sort of the mindset, this like prideful mindset where we look at someone in the past, say we take a founding father mm-hmm. and we say, we can no longer take any of the good this person did because, you know, maybe we know that during that time, you know, like Thomas Jefferson, for example, mm-hmm. we know that he was a slave owner. Mm-hmm. Right. So coming from our prideful hindsight of hundreds of years of perspective, mm-hmm. we look down on him as, oh, he was a slave owner. What a terrible guy. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have hundreds of years of hindsight. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas if we were born during that era, with the knowledge they had, the education they had, the culture in place, mm-hmm. I think there's a very high likelihood that someone today who's saying, I would never have owned a slave if I was in his shoes. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee they would have owned slaves based on not having 200 plus years of hindsight. For sure. Uh, so I, yeah. I'm a big fighter for, again, take the good with the bad. They were good people in certain respects. They were bad people in certain respects, just like everybody. Well, and we can't throw out at all the good someone did because the cultural norms at the time were so different. And we can't think of ourselves as such good people that we would not have fallen under the same cultural guidelines if we were yeah. born in that era without hundreds of years of hindsight. And so that's I 100% that's agree. my argument. No, and I, and yeah. I, I want to I want to suggest that framework that I mentioned earlier of like so that's pretty much suggesting that like <clears throat> you know uh, the people that are that are saying that or that's pretty much suggesting that Tim you don't have um, you should not be seen as valid or important as or as helpful or as good today because of the fact that. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, Tim, or Tim, when you were a kid, you stole an extra cookie out of the cookie jar, or you did or whatever it is, I just use that as a as a placeholder for any sort of bad thing. But no, I, I have a, I have a pretty significant, I take a little bit of an issue with like, um, with 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 that phenomenon with with, with saying that a person now, you know, maybe an ex con, who's who's um, who's served their time, they've they've fulfilled their obligation to society, they've served their time, they're about to be released. So we're saying that because of their past uh, crime or whatever, they should still serve a penalty into perpetuity or whatever that word is, you know, moving forward, they should always be seen as X, Y, or Z because of Mm. this thing that they did in the past that they may or may not have uh, come to terms with but i just to be honest i i have an issue with that kind of um 100 all or nothing thinking which is that like 
I can't read any of Thomas Jefferson's writings and see any of it as valid or useful to state building, to, to politics, to anything because of some, uh, because of this other area that he did that was horrendous. Slavery is horrendous and it, it is a, a, a stain uh, in, in our history. But, um, but no, I think it's just as, yeah, that just, I don't treat anybody like that. When I meet somebody on the street, I don't, um, I give them the opportunity to either prove or disprove uh, any sort of pre, uh, pre-existing notions I may have for them. Like I, 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 and I hope people give me that opportunity. And I, that's how I treat history. It's like when I encounter a historical figure, you know, there is X amount of, of data out there on that person or artifacts out there on that person that will help us understand them as people. And you can't, you can't cherry pick, <laughs> hmm. you know, you can't cherry pick this. Oh, Thomas Jefferson is bad by virtue of this bad chapter in his life, or Thomas Jefferson is good by virtue of the fact that he wrote some interesting books. Like you can't paint, you know, you can't paint hmm. positive or negative. You can't paint with broad strokes like that. And that's, and I, that's not my approach to people I meet nowadays. That's also not my approach to history. It's like, you know, I also don't think these guys are saints. I don't think these guys are godsends. I don't worship these founding fathers because they wrote some uh, documents that we still refer to in this country. You know, I, I think they're, they're men. And I think that the, uh, the female historical figures were women. And I think that they're all human and that by virtue of them being human, they have uh, virtue and vice, you know. Mm. Um, but it's, 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 it's a hot, it's a hot topic right now. It's a yeah. hot issue from what I'm, from what I'm seeing, but, um, I'm, I'm in agreement with you though. Like I said, at the end of the day, I think it just comes from, you know, letting our pride go a little bit as people to say, to even admit like, Hey, I'm, I'm just like Thomas Jefferson and that I can do evil. Yeah. I have done yeah. evil. I probably will still do some evil in my no, life. I don't, no, Hopefully you not. Won't, Tim. Hopefully not. I don't believe. Really... <laughs> Hopefully, no, as little as possible. Yeah, for sure. But if we can, like, as a people, let that pride go within ourselves of like, hey, I'm not infallible, then yes. maybe now I can look back at history and look at some of these founding fathers and say, like, okay, yeah, they did some bad things, they did some good things. Let's learn from the good. Let's learn from the bad. Mm-hmm. Let's put them, you know, let's celebrate them for their good. Mm-hmm. We can obviously criticize them for their bad, but we can't cancel. Mm-hmm. them completely or can't say yeah, sorry, we still take the good and we still take mm-hmm. that in and appreciate mm-hmm. them for that and if that means they have a statue for the good that they did do mm-hmm. then that's fine mm-hmm. and we can't forget that we can't lose both sides of the story i'm afraid that our culture is kind of moving towards a cancel culture where we are losing we are losing a side to the story because someone has deemed this person the bad that they did it means mm-hmm. that cancels out the good that they did and so we're I feel like we're treading on dangerous waters as a country personally, um, as far as where we're going as a culture, but that can be another, another story for another day. It it could be, I I do (laughs) want to be respectful of your time, but like, yeah, this is uh, this is all good stuff, man. And it's, and it's important stuff. And Mm. um, yeah. And I just think that, that this is again, just the, uh, the tip of the iceberg with what history has to offer in terms of like, um, helping helping folks nowadays understand that like all this stuff that's happening right now 
um, all the theories, all the, um, what do they call it? Uh, yeah, all the conspiracies, all the intrigues, all the boring shit too. Like this is, you know, it's not, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Similar things have happened in the past. What's There's a great line from somebody who's a lot smarter than me who said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes or something to that effect. And I love that. It's mm. like, yeah, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme from time to time or something like that. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, uh, it, one of the things, obviously, this last year has just been crazy in terms of uh, uh, the pandemic, in terms of economic changes, um, uh, public health changes, all of the stuff that we've all been dealing with. Um, but I, for myself, personally, um, history has been a great, like, it's helped me chill the hell out a little mm. bit more to know that like this, A, the sky isn't falling. Um, B, we have agency. You know, we are able to operate even though there's a lot of craziness going on. Um, there will be a tomorrow and we have agency. <clears throat> and I think that those are, um, I don't know. It's helped me. It's helped keep my blood pressure down, Tim. Let's just say that it's helped, <laughs> helped keep my blood pressure down as I'm reading headlines about, you know, um, insurrection in the Capitol and things like that, which we need to be concerned about. These are our issues. These are issues happening in our lifetimes. And so we have an obligation to be aware of them and, and, um, you know, address them. But, uh, but it's history has also been like a super helped keep me on an even keel you know, through mm. all of this stuff, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. That makes total sense. Like and a great example of that is, so I'm, I'm really, I'm into crypto and right now it's <laughs> a little bit of a scary time in crypto because the value has dropped so significantly. Well, but now, if you, when you say, yeah, how, when you say now, like in the last two weeks, like how, when in the last like couple months, right. We, okay. we dropped from like, I'm not going to get too into it, but we dropped from like 60,000 in Bitcoin, which is the ultimate crypto. It's like 30,000. Uh -huh. Right. So you could look at it as, oh my gosh, the sky is falling, crypto is done for. But like you said, if you zoom out and you look at the history of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you go, oh, this is actually part of the course for what mm -hmm. we've seen Bitcoin do a bunch of different times throughout its mm -hmm. short life. And so it gives me as a trader, I'm like, sweet, I can chill out because I see, I've seen what, what's happened in the past and I know that we've been through this before. So this is just a normal yeah. stage. And so I think that applies to what you're saying mm -hmm. in terms of, yes, there's this pandemic, yes, this horrible thing. But if you look at our history, we've seen this sort of thing happen before. Mm -hmm. Spanish flu is one example that comes to mind or different mm -hmm. thing. And we've always made it through. We've always survived. We've always still grown mm -hmm. as a people. Our population has still grown. And so there's that history kind of just giving you that, hey, this will have an end point and we will be stronger for it and we'll learn from it. Yeah. And life will go on as it has for many years many many a years <laughs> so many years hopefully many more hopefully so many, many more years. but all right Eric. well thank you for being on the show i appreciate it i love what we talked about i'm definitely gonna have you back on at some point yeah. so we can talk some more get go more in depth with certain uh, historical uh, stories that we sort of briefly touched on because I, I love talking about the stuff i grew up watching military and history channel and yeah, I, you know what I love is I don't know if you've seen the documentaries on Netflix where they do a mix of it's documentary style slash live action. I don't know if you've seen any of those, like you the Rome like one, reenactors and stuff like that. Yeah, so they'll sort of have like they'll they'll bring on guys who you know historians who will talk about what's going on and then they'll switch to like a live action scene of their characters like going through what mm -hmm. 
those stories were i love like the mix yeah. of that because you get the live action but then you get the historical mm-hmm. side so i don't know why i just oh, yeah. do that in there but no man I, yeah history is fun no that's great like i would if somebody would invite me to like go be a civil war reenactor and like participate in pickett's <sighs> charge in gettysburg i would be there and obviously i uh would need to come back for work but i would totally do that that sounds like a blast <laughs> oh you know man what I mean? like so much fun like just getting into character awesome. right being yeah. a you'll anyway. have to you'll have to bring that into the oh, next yeah. improv we do civil war actor that's tim you're a genius <laughs> i love that <laughs> all right well thanks again for being on the show that's... again make sure to check out his podcast untold um describe it because Unto- I, when i was searching for it, i couldn't untold. find it initially is it just untold right that's it i mean well, the name of the show is un, uh, the name of the show is Untold. You can go to untoldshow.com. Untoldshow.com. Uh, to find it. Yeah, you can throw that in the old uh, search bar, and that'll take you to the website. Um, that's the quickest way to do it. I don't know why it's not popping up more on the uh, on the old uh, uh, directories, but um, it, it'll get there. I don't have that many episodes out, so I'm just la- I launched this thing recently, so I think that might be it. But uh, stay tuned for more because I'm gonna hopefully be getting one out in the next uh, week or two and then uh yeah more to come because it's just too much fun too much fun not to do yeah and you, you do a good job so keep it up keep the good work eric all right guys thank you for listening as always make sure to subscribe topics with tim next level health turn those notifications on so you never miss one and as always i will see you guys on the next one thank you for listening to my conversation with eric swigart for my series called People Are Interesting. As always, make sure to subscribe to my podcast, turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. And as always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.